it's Dimity here with the Train Like a Mother Club, and we are excited to talk triathlon this morning with Jenny Harrison out in Chicago. How's it going, Jen? Good. It's going great. Yeah, we're we're. I'm doing great. The weather is hot, which I love, and things. Gosh, are you love the heat. The I gotta say, I I mean, I just walked the dogs this morning, and I would just head out on like a regular bra. I had to come home and like change it. I am so I do not like being that kind of hot, right? <laughs> Yes, I like it because it's we yes. only have it in Chicago for a short period of time. Like it's supposed to be a hundred and on Friday and Saturday, um, with you know the humidity and the heat index and everything. And I, I, yeah, I really like it. Yes. It's not like I want to run a marathon in it or anything. I like. It. I am racing. I race Sunday and I'm racing again this Sunday. So ironically, there's yeah. Well, and the Facebook tells me that you're course. doing. You're having a nice little season yourself, personally, huh? Yes, I, I like racing. I'm I'm one of those people, or as an athlete, I'm one of those athletes that, uh, you know, what's yeah. the terminology? Strike while the iron's hot, you know? I yeah, want to race. It. That's I'm awesome. Healthy. I love it. I love Why it. Not? Well, so you, in addition to being an awesome athlete, you are also one of the coaches in the Train Like a Mother Triathlon Club, which is why we have you here this morning um, to go through some questions. Um, if you are joining us in live and have a question that you want to ask, there's a little button at the bottom that you can um chime in on, on the chat button and um, feel free to do that. Otherwise, I, we want to start, I want to start with a little perspective here because um, we have an athlete who has been around in done, I think she's almost done every program in the Train Like a Mother triathlon programs. It's Jessica Kinder Hughes, who started with a sprint triathlon in 2017 and just did her first Ironman. She was our first Ironman triathlete coming out of Boulder, um, she did that in yes. uh, June of 2019. So two years. She went from, I mean, so this is what she says. She says, huge shout out to the um, Train Like a Mother for putting together another outstanding training plan and to our coaches for imparting their wisdom. This is from 2017. I can now say I'm a triathlete. So she just started in 2017. I completed my first triathlon, a sprint at the St. Louis Triathlon on Sunday. I only just started swimming and biking at the beginning of this plan. Previous bike experience was solely on a spin bike at the gym. I did a few one-on-one -on -one swim sessions and really saw improvement in my swim endurance throughout the plan. So I want you to talk, first of all, before we go to our Ironman, fast forward two years and talk about our Ironman experience, but I want you to talk about two things, the intimidating sheen that triathlon has and what BS that is, because it is such an accessible sport um, when you come in with the beginner slash learner mindset, right? Right. It's such bull crap. And I, I think one of the things too in triathlon that's really annoying is that people are like, oh, well, what Ironman are you doing? And they, people think that unless you do an Ironman, you, you know, you're not really doing triathlon. And that couldn't be any farther from the truth. The Ironman is, is, is ridiculous. I mean, and I can say that I've done plenty of them and I'm telling you, it's a whole different uh, ball game and animal. I mean, it almost, it consumes your life. Whereas in the sprint triathlon and then Olympic and then half Ironman, you know, there's a, a smart progression with it. Uh, there's nothing, I think there's nothing oh. better than people that finish their first sprint triathlon because you just get hooked and you love it and it's fun and you, you're like, I can do this. And then if you continue to do just, I don't mean just sprints, that's a problem. People say just sprints. Um, if you continue I, to do sprints, I agree. I agree. I mean, that. that's the thing. It's kind you of know? like thinking that, you know, running is just the Boston marathon, right? It's, 
there's so many other races. There's so many other distances and fun things you can do. Um, and, and there's nothing against the Ironman. I mean, it is a great achievement if that's something you're interested in. But if you're not, that's okay. And the other thing that I think that is really fun um, and it's really fun to see on the page is people learning new things, right? Learning how to become a swimmer at age 50. Um, learning how to ride clipless pedals on their bike at age 45. I mean, there, there's so few opportunities, you know, to enhance, to learn something, especially athletically as you get older. So to do that and embrace it, I just, I don't know, it gives me the chills. I just, I love it. I just love it. Well, it, I agree. And you know, the other thing too is when it, when my kids were littler, it was, and I know this is cliche and people, we say this all the time, but it was, it was my time. It was my time to, to learn something, um, different to challenge myself. And this, it doesn't matter if it's triathlon or running, of course, but you know, I agree. And I think the sprint triathlon is very user-friendly. You can get your girlfriends to do it. You can get groups to do it. You can have fun. You can go for a run and then go do social things. Uh, and you can still yeah. have a pretty normal uh, life. Exactly. Well, and so, I mean, let's take a little diversion because I did pull a couple things. We'll come back to Jessica in a minute, but Kathy, who just posted this like last week, um, and I'm sorry, my dogs are wrestling in the background. That's what they do in the morning. That's their workout. Um, Kathy says, um, first sprint triathlons in the books. I did a women's only. Um, we raised over $2 million for can cancer advocacy support and research today. Amazing group of women. was a powerfully emotional experience that I'm still processing. Um, so that's one option. I mean, first of all, that's awesome. I love that it's so emotional and so intense in addition to being such a personally successful thing. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Hold on one second. You guys, stop it. Stop it. We'll chat. We'll chat about triathlon while Dimity does this. But I just, I, I just think it's awesome, and I think that when people continue to, you know, keep pushing themselves and keep doing new things, you know, keep doing the sprint and then go and do the sprint and go faster and then pick a new goal. And you don't have to go in the progression of sprint, Olympic, half Ironman. I mean, I think it took me five or six years yeah. before I did a exactly a half Ironman and when I first started doing triathlon. Yeah, I was just talking about don't feel like the pressure to progress exactly. from exactly. sprint to Ironman. There's just to. something so beautiful and about and switching three sports. It doesn't matter if you're doing them for, you know, you're out there for, you know, a, a small slice of time or all day long. It's, it's just great. Um, similarly, one more because I just can't resist myself. Um, Gina, you know, did her first race, spurt, spurt, first sprint triathlon. Her race recap was a little bit longer, but um, she had a half mile swim, a 16.4 mile bike, and then a four mile trail run. Um, you know, she, uh, started swimming in March. So again, you know, I swam as a kid, but nothing competitively. It was my biggest learning wow. curve. I really began to love my swimming workouts. To my surprise, swimming was my strongest yesterday. And I was towards the front of the pack biking. She said, I'm new to biking as well. She didn't clip in, um, because she didn't get enough practice and didn't feel comfortable, but she, you know, had a great ride and she got, um, so the course was hilly and I gave it a strong, consistent effort, um, got passed by a lot of people, but kept reminding myself that it was my race, capital M, capital R. That's awesome. And then the run, OMG, this was so hard. <laughs> Across all triathlons, right? That third <laughs> discipline is going to be tough. Um, my legs were toast and it was a slow trail run. Um, but I made it to the finish and I was so happy to be done. 
Um, so that was great. So congratulations. I love this training. I'm sore, but my body doesn't feel wrecked. Like after my running trainings, I'm excited to bike and swim a lot more. This group has been an amazing support system. So, so there's that. So there's, so there's a little testimonials for the truck, the sprint. Let's go back to Jessica, um, who, who again, two years, um, really just increased her endurance and kept challenging herself because that was what she wanted to do. Um, so she's back at her Ironman. She did Ironman Boulder. Um, so she's coming from St. Louis up to altitude, which probably isn't recommended if you want to, we can talk about that a little bit later, but it's, it, it's, an, it's an extra challenge, right? When you're coming up to five, 6,000 feet. Yeah, it really is. And, and with, we try to, yeah, it, it's a challenge. So either you have to go in two weeks early to fully acclimate or you fly in the Friday before the Sunday race and shock your body and race. Otherwise, otherwise you, you do feel pretty bad. So it'll be interesting to see if what Jessica said about, about that, but most, yeah, of, exactly. most of the athletes. Yeah, so her Ironman just said, my goal is to sure. finish. My first goal was to finish and my secret goal was to be under 15 hours. Um, I hope to have swim and bike splits the same time or better than her half Ironman last year. I've had a strong training cycle and I'm a more experienced swimmer and biker than I was last August. And I have a time trial bike now that's definitely faster. She said, laugh out loud. Um, my, my swim came in just under 1.30, faster than double her half Ironman time. And her bike came in at 7.15, also faster than double her half Ironman time. And her overall finish time, again, her secret goal was to finish under 15 hours. She came in at 14.58, 14 hours, 58 minutes and 26 seconds. <laughs> Isn't that great? It's just it's so again, awesome. like, I love just it. Congratulations. Congratulations to everybody. Yeah. Um, for it's, it's again, this page, I was just combing through it to, to get some talking points and just, it just gives me the chills because it, I mean, there's nothing against straight up running. We all know we love that, but it is so fun to see go, new people going out. You know, we had, um, Jill going out and she was like, oh, I'm going out for my longest ride yet. I'm going out for two hours. I'm really nervous. I hope I, you know, I hope I can make it. And then she comes back in and posts this amazing picture of herself and done. It felt really good. It's the longest tested since I've ever gone on my bike and the strongest I've ever felt. And it's just like, oh, look at that, you know? So anyway. Um, okay, so a couple questions. So let's first of all talk about the heat, Jen. I mean, it's we gotta we gotta go there first. Um, and obviously this is triathlon season and it is that way for a reason because of the warmer water temperatures. But when you're out training, um, is there, what, what do you do to kind of mitigate the, the effects of the heat and humidity? Yes. And I love talking heat because, uh, <laughs> you know, in my, my other life, I'm answering all these emails. Well, and I do it, I do it on the Facebook page, obviously for triathlon and running with Elizabeth, but answering all these emails about the heat and the heat and the heat and the heat and it's all the same stuff. You know what yeah. I mean? And, and so there's a couple of points, three things, three major things to think about. Number one, start very early. I know it sucks. I know it's summertime. You want to be up, but if you're doing your key workouts, really try to start them early. When okay. I go to Tucson, because I go to Tucson a lot. And I, when I go to Tucson, I mean, in my personal, now all the people in, in Arizona that are listening or that, you know, New Mexico will laugh, but when you're from Chicago, Tucson is flipping hot, like the, like suffocating hot and it's monsoon season. So there's humidity in the air too. And, um, I get up when I'm out there on vacation, vacation at four o'clock in the morning, four 30 and do workout, whether it's swim, bike or run. So you have to get up early and you just have to make it happen. 
make it a priority. Okay. Um, and it's hard for me too, because I've got teenagers and my teenagers are up. I mean, they're not, I mean, trust them. I mean, right. So they don't go to bed early. <laughs> they're not going to bed early. You know, it was easier when I had little kids, I can put them to bed early, get up early. Now I can't. So anyway, I just go to sleep praying and hoping that they're kind of be coming home. But don't tell anybody, don't tell them that. <laughs> and the second thing is, is that you have to carry fluids on your runs. Even if the run is in your bikes and everything, even if the run is 20 minutes, you should be carrying fluids on your run. Um, that is the biggest problem. Everybody is chronically dehydrated in the summertime. <clears throat> and you, if you're going out for 45 minutes or even an hour and you just wing it or you just bring water, yeah, you will suffer. And it's not even maybe that day that you're going to suffer. It's the cumulative fatigue that we have with triathlon and running. So you have to carry sports drink, um, whatever you race on, carry. I carry a handheld Nathan. You can carry them on your waist. You can whatever makes you happy. Um, and the third thing and the most important thing, and it's, it's, it's a little bit aggressive, but I'm just going to say it. People sure. have to really change their mindset about the heat. If you always say to yourself, I suck in the heat, I'm slow in the heat, I'm sluggish in the heat, I don't want to run in the heat. I was getting texts last night, which I turned my phone off at 1030 at night. People are like, well, it's going to be 80 tomorrow and hot. And, and I'm just kind of like, well, I, what can we do about it? Right? It's yeah. So you prepare and you mentally don't defeat yourself. You say it's hot. I'm going to be slower. I'm going to slow down, but I'm going to enjoy getting up in the morning. That never happens when it's 75 or 80 degrees and enjoy a run. So change your mindset and be, make it positive instead of negative. Sure. That's, that's so important. I mean, that's, that, that is powerful advice. Um, I'm curious, um, because if we're getting up at four or four 30 or whatever to get out there in the early morning, you know, the runs on a triathlon are always, you know, I mean, the earliest I think that they would be is 9am and it's sometimes closer to 930, 10, 1030. I mean, the sun is high in the sky. It is not a time that we normally go out and run, you know? So is there any usefulness or, um, is it important to go out and run at that time to practice running in the high heat of the yeah, day? I think that there is, there's two ways to look at it. You know, your body can only handle one stressor at a time. So don't go out and do your interval run at 12 o'clock in the afternoon when it's 110 degrees. Sure. Do your interval run at 4 a.m. or 5 a.m. 4 a.m. is a little ridiculous. Let's be, let's be honest. Sure, sure. 5 a.m., 6 a.m. Do your interval run because it's going to be 80 degrees and not 100 degrees. If you have an easy run or a drill run or a no-tech run or something like that, then go out and do that at sure 12 o'clock or do it after dinner or do it at you know four o'clock whatever makes you happy um and then that way you only have one stressor but you also are acclimating it takes two weeks of consistent weather to acclimate um and that and that's cold and hot so it doesn't doesn't really matter so you have to be in the heat two weeks before you start before your body is more efficient at processing um your blood flow and you know everything else but then we get a couple of days where it's in the fifties, like the fall, then yeah. we acclimate. So yeah. if you have a hot race coming up, do make sure that you are training in, in doing your, doing some of your key workouts in the heat of the day, as long as you're not over, overdoing it. That sure. makes sense. And, and to be clear, I just, I mean, I think acclimating, I think people are like, okay, well then two weeks in and I should be at the same pace as I was in October. And that's not 
No. Right. No. Okay. So you're still going to be slower again. I think that mentality, you just kind of have to be like, this is what we have. So let's, let's work with it. Um, okay. Let's talk about, there were quite a few comments about swimming, open water swimming and wetsuits and stuff. So, um, Brandy, who did her first sprint as well this season, um, she's one of our BAM ambassadors on the page. Um, but she went out for an open water swim. I think her first swim might've been in the pool. Um, her first like race swim. Um, so she made it to the lake, made it to the start buoy, and then she froze. She was out to just do a practice swim. Um, and you know, basically like she got hit by seaweed. She, you know, um, came close to a full panic attack. Um, but she was, she eventually got a boat next to her, like, a, you know, a, a canoe or a kayak and then her friend and they, they helped her and she made it through. Um, but she, you know, she said, um, she has the fitness to do it. She is nervous though, that she can't get past the panic. And how do you not let that happen again? Because they asked her, these friends that she went with, they asked her to go to a race with her in this body of water, you know, it's a sprint, but they swim in this, in this lake in two weeks. So if you were, I mean, you are her coach, what would you have her do to make sure that she minimizes the anxiety that she has prior to the swim? Yeah. And you know, that's a common, uh, obviously a common concern and one that, one that is a legit, you know, legit fear of, <laughs> of it, most people can't quantify what it is. Usually it's fish or drowning, but you know, in, we're not drowning in wetsuits. Um, and there's been a lot of talk in the triathlon world that I think it's important to bring up for a second about SIP and some of the other major stuff that's been going on with, um, you know, Madison 70.3, where a couple of people passed away. Just people need to understand that there are underlying health issues with these people that are having problems in the water. It's not like they get into the water and then they get attacked by seaweed or, or anything like that. And not to make fun of it, but it, it's, it, it's a serious issue and one that's becoming a bigger, 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 creating more anxiety for open water swimmers. So yeah. if you are concerned, and this is totally off tangent, but if you're concerned, get a physical from your doctor and make sure that you don't have any underlying health heart issues. Okay, so, and I say that to the athletes. So back to the question um, of how to get better in the next two weeks or more confident. And what I always say is through preparation builds confidence. So you, Brandy, and, and your friends or anybody listening need to really get into that water um, almost daily. You know, pretend you didn't have a job and kids and stuff and in a perfect <laughs> world. Sure. None of us live in. You would go into this water every day for 20 or 30 minutes. And, and every day you just make it a goal to go just a little bit farther. You always go with friends. You're always in a group and you go further. So the first day you may just, you just may get, put your face in the water. Sure. And that's okay. And then you just, you make it a goal. And that's what we do. I run an open water swim event every Thursday here in Chicago. And that's what I do with the super, the people that are really um, legitimately anxious about the water. So we, every, we make a goal. Okay. This today, we're just going to go to that buoy. And I go with them or we're going to go. And literally the, just on Thursday, the guy that I couldn't even get to the first buoy on the first day, which was in the early June, he made two loops around, which is say 18, 1700 meters, 1800 meters. Wow. Good for him. And struggled and it took him a long time, but who cares? So yeah. it's remember it's short goals and progression and going all the time. And also having back to the mental part, knowing that, you know, nothing, nothing is going to happen to you. I mean, I, I've swam 4,000 times in the water and never, ever, ever have we had any 
fish or any, the seaweed actually, to be frank, is the best thing for the water. That means the water's healthy and it's not dirty, you know, so. Oh, that's a good point. That's, I like yeah. that. <laughs> when there's seaweed, it makes me really happy because I know the water's not going to make me sick. Okay, that's good because it, it's thriving. Um, I mean, and so she went, um, I think she went something like 450 yard. It was a 450 yard, 450 yard loop. Um, and the race day, so she's done that already. The race day is shorter than that. So a lot of it is, is the mental work. I mean, getting out there again and again, like you said, if she has that time in her schedule and stuff, but it's a lot, she can also just do that in her head, right? Kind of see herself going bad, yes. feeling strong, feeling like, you know, feeling safe. You know, there's going to be a lot of other swimmers out there with you. There's going to be boats out there on race day. I mean, there's, it's almost, um, the, the most safe time to swim, right? As far well, it, it really is. I mean, yeah. the swim is safer than the bike, in my personal opinion, because on the bike, you're out in the middle of nowhere, and sometimes there's nobody there, and there's cars. Sure, it's sure. The safest of the, of, of the three sometimes, but sure. it is, you're right. It's all about rep repetition. Nice. Um, let's talk. And then the other thing that's come up a couple times are those, I think they're called swim buoys, but I, I'm not sure yeah. of the right technical name. What can you explain what they are and, and what the race, are you allowed to use them in a race or, um, kind of just talk a little bit about those? Sure. So swim buoys are, um, they're about 12 to 16 inches and they look, they're or usually orange and you can just inflate them and they they come with a little belt and you can put the belt around your waist. Um, and then the swim buoy just follows you behind. And it's just a way that people feel safe. Uh, when I was swimming on Thursday night, I saw one of the guys take it and kind of hang on to it on his chest and just take a little break and then put it back. And then, so it's just a little bit of a comfort. Um, I do recommend getting them. If you're have uh, any trepidation in the water, get them and they're great. I will say that most, well, USAT does not allow swim buoys in a race. Okay. So All right. You can't wear them in sanctioned races. If anybody that's listening is doing a smaller local race, you can absolutely ask the race director. And sometimes the race director doesn't, you know, he doesn't, he or she doesn't care. But, you know, USAT sanctioned races do not currently allow that. They may change, but, but I think it's a wonderful way to, back to the progression, right? You, yep. need, to pro pro you need to make progress, start with it and use it. And I, I know a lot of uh, my athletes use them when they're um, swimming up in a lake in the middle of nowhere, Michigan, and they may have their husband or, or, sit, or on the deck, but then they're in the, watching them, but they're in the lake with those buoys. So you can spot them easily. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Okay. Um, Jackie is doing um, Calgary 70.3, the half Ironman. She has a two loop swim with a bit of run on the beach in between. Um, someone, she knows someone who did it last year and she mentioned taking off her goggles in between in order to see her footing. Um, so should do, what's your take on her taking off her goggles if she should do that? And then also, um, talking a little bit about, should she practice that? Just um, Somebody in the comments was like, oh, you should probably practice that just so you know what it feels like if you get out of the water, have to run and get back in and swim again. Yes, okay, so there's lots of races that do that. Ironman Florida is another one that does that. So in my experience, personally, I never take my goggles off because for me and for most, the goggles will fog up with any contact of air. Okay. So in a perfect world, you leave the goggles on to keep, to maintain that suction and to maintain that clarity of the goggle. That's so very, very important. However, with that being said, if, if it's a safety issue and you can't see the ground, then you need to take your goggles off. Sure. Um, you should practice it in training. Um, what I would recommend is any time you have open water, get out of the open water and run on the beach 
it might just be 10 meters and then get back in. But I would absolutely add that to your open water swimming for sure. Okay, cool. Um, okay, Sandra has a question about wetsuits. She bought a used wetsuit, um, which is in good shape and, and pretty actually pretty new. Um, I, she says she's tried it a couple of times in my swimming pool. Is it definitely a tight fit getting it on? I, um, I have to have helped doing up the zipper. Um, I took it out on my first open water swim yesterday and found I was have a, having a hard time breathing. Um, do you have some advice for her? Does she have the right size? Um, and you know, kind of what would you do if, what would you recommend? Yeah. So wetsuits, when you're new to wetsuits, wetsuits are restricting period. Yeah. So if wetsuit should be comfortably tight. Okay. So it shouldn't be uncomfortably tight, should be comfortably tight. I cannot zip my wetsuit without help. So having somebody zip your wetsuit is up is normal. Okay. Um, it takes me a long time to get the wetsuit on. And another piece of advice and good tip, if you are wet or if you are, are sticky from the humidity, getting a wetsuit on is a complete and utter nightmare because it's rubber and, it's, and it, it doesn't, you know, it's like oil and water trying to mix. So the best advice is put it on before you get sticky. But I will say it should feel tight as you go and as you keep swimming every week and you wear the wetsuit, it should, it should have some more give to it and loosen up. If after, let's call it a month, you know, three or four weeks of wearing this wetsuit and you're still feeling um, too tight, it may be the wrong size for you. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Nice. Um, all right. Uh, one other thing that's come up a couple of times that I know we've talked about this um, on a couple of their podcasts, but um, we had two people do the, the, the clip tip, you know, so they were learning how to ride in clipless pedals and they tipped over on their bike. Um, and it's embarrassing. It, it hurts the ego more than it usually hurts your skin or anything else, or you're, you know, you don't really get hurt. You might get a little bruised. Um, but somebody who is transitioning to clipless pedals, Jen, what would you have them like, where's a safe place to start? In the grassy park. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I felt too the first, not the first few times I was in clipless and I was at a stoplight and I can still visualize and it's 25 years ago. I can still visualize myself falling over. Um, so yeah, in a parking lot, not in a parking lot, in a park, in a grassy park, so that when you fall, no one sees you, or if they do, that you know, you're in a park, you're in the yeah. grass. Okay, nice, nice. Okay, so for people that are going into racing season um, or have their race ahead of them, um, what are some things that you just want to remind people of, regardless of uh, what distance they're going? I don't understand. I'm sorry, Jimmy. So that's okay. Yeah. So we, so, I mean, so race day comes, um, you know, are there like universal piece of, pieces of advice that you like to give any athlete, regardless whether they're doing their first sprint or their 70th Ironman. So I'm not talking like pacing or that kind of stuff, but more just like universal things that will be help them either enjoy their race more or, um, or just to help them be more efficient. Yes. So a handful of things, of course, uh, number one, know the course. Um, back to my earlier statement where I said through preparation builds confidence, be prepared, know the course. If you live locally or you're going to be in town, drive the course. If you can drive the okay. bike and drive the run, even if it's an Ironman, drive the bike and drive the run. Um, if you can warm up the day before on the course, great. And, uh, swim on the course, get a feel for that water, understand how that water works and understand where the sun's going to be when you start that, that swim, because the sun 
and the sun rising in the morning is one of the biggest challenges of open water swimming navigation. So understand that. The other thing too, is whether you're going there to complete the race or to compete the, in the race, um, make sure that you're, you do not mess up the, the nutrition. Um, you know, reduce your fiber about 48 hours before the race start. Start eating more bland. Reduce your fiber. Uh, don't sit around eating um, watermelon and apples and all that stuff that is in high in fiber. Start, you know, some bagels and, you know, just plain, plain things. Get your stomach in a right state of mind to, to do this race. And the, and the age-old advice of don't try anything new, you know, don't do anything new. And visualize yourself getting through the race. Visualize yourself starting. Visualize yourself getting through the swim, feeling confident and feeling good. And same with the bike and the run. So a lot of visual mental preparation of things going really smooth. It's one of the things that I do before all my races. Um, I have a goal and I have this visual process that I go through of me going through the, the swim and the run and, and nailing the goal pace or the goal, whatever it is. And it really does help. Again, back to the being, put yourself in a positive frame of mind. Don't get all jacked up, for lack of better words, about the weather. Uh, the, my friend Mary is going to be faster than me. Control what you can control and let everything else go. Awesome. Love it. Um, Jacqueline has a question, so I'm going to unmute you, Jacqueline, here. Um, let's see. Can you can you hear us, Jacqueline? I can. Yes. Yeah, Jackie. Awesome. Jackie's fine. It's my. Oh, Jackie. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Sorry, Jackie. Are you the Jackie that um that are you doing seventy point three? Yes. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Awesome. I'm also the Jackie that dragged Sarah up the mountains in Alaska when she came to visit. Oh. Yeah. And your um. Oh, great. Yeah. Your podcast is actually starting at six thirty in the morning here. So up bright and early. Oh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Thanks for uh. <laughs> thanks for joining us. Um. I actually have two questions. Um. Well, one sure. thing I want. I would love for Jennifer to, I think it was she that posted um, the don't forget to race thing. You had, mm -hmm. was it you or was it Elizabeth on another website, maybe on your other training website? Uh, yeah, I'm not sure because we both say that. <laughs> yeah, but no, but it was a whole article on not forgetting to race. And I know, I mean, a lot of people are beginners, oh, but, but kind, yeah. you know, if you've done it for a while, you know, sometimes you just like this, this particular 70.3, I do have a, you know, a significant time goal for myself. And that, that was just a really, really good article. And I, it would be great to put it on the, on the um, train like a mother, if you could find it, if you could remember, um, yeah, I can't absolutely. find it anymore anyway. Um, yeah. But, but I have two questions. Um, one yeah. is, is food related and one is drink related. Um, I consistently fall apart on the run because um, I, I'm pretty sure it's lack of calories and dehydration because on the bike, I just can't seem to, to drink enough or eat enough. The eating is because it all starts being too sweet and sickly and gross and you just can't make yourself do it. And the drinking is because you're either going uphill or you're going down or you're going too fast, or you're going around corners and you just don't want to grab your bottle. I don't have a hydration system. So I ordered a hydration system, but I haven't, it's not come yet. I'm kind of wondering whether I just stick with the thing that I've used before, which is the bottles in the cages, two bottles, or if I try this new thing, I may not have a chance to really try it before the race. And it's going to involve, you know, taking water from the stations, pouring it into that little, you know, hole in the, in the cage you know, on the bike that sits there and then the little tube coming up. Um, and then the food question is, have you ever tried baby food? Like just, 
you can't carry bananas because mm -hmm. a little, little sneaky, little tiny, slim, little um, food holder in front of you or you <laughs> stuff bananas in your pocket, you know, on your bike, whatever. Um, and they're not serving them on the course, but like baby food banana or baby food, even like sweet potatoes, something that's, that's not quite so gross and sick and sweet. Does that make sense? Okay. I know lots, lots of stuff there. Lots of questions. When, when is your race again, Jackie? It's um, August 11th. And okay. I, I don't know when my new bottle might arrive at any time, but you know, could also be a week and a half from now. Okay. A couple things. One, yeah, you're probably definitely not drinking enough. And my, my suggestion there is to do whatever, whatever combination of a drink system and bottles that you need in order to get the fluids in. So in theory, and I know you know this, but I'm just going to say it because I know people uh, listening would probably like to know, but in theory, if the temperature is over 75 degrees Fahrenheit, you need to take in one bottle of your sports drink and supplement with another bottle or a half bottle of water out per hour on the bike. No excuses, except if it's pouring rain in 40, then you might be able to get away with one bottle an hour. But that's what people do wrong. And then they try to make it up because they say, and, and this is, I say this with pure love when I say this, <laughs> they get lazy on the bike mm -hmm. and they forget to drink, mm -hmm. which to me, that is your number one priority on the bike. Because in long course racing, which I consider for 70.3 and Ironman racing, there is nothing, there's two things that are important, pacing and nutrition. If you screw either one of those up, you won't be able to run up to your potential. Mm -hmm. So for nutrition, figure out a way. And that includes you just doing it in training. You have to be robotic. And if you can't do it from a robotic standpoint, you set a timer on your watch to go off every 15 minutes and in, or every five minutes or 10 minutes, whatever works for you to drink that and get that down. But you have to do it in training. So if you don't do it in training, and you know this, but I'm just going to say it because it makes me feel better to say it. Um, <laughs> if you don't do it in training, it won't, it won't, it doesn't work in the, in the, um, in the race because you'll be flustered. You'll be shifting. You'll be going up hills and all that. So you just have to actually slow down a little bit to get in that nutrition. Right. Yeah. Okay. So it's but, not the answer that everybody wants to hear, but it's the, it's a, it's the truth. Um, I do like drinking systems, but if you're not confident with your drinking system before you go to the race, then stick with the bottles. Right. So how this works in a 70.3 or an Ironman, I start with three bottles of fluids on my bike. In those three bottles, I have my full blown sports drink. So for me, I drink EFS. doesn't matter what you drink, whatever works for you, as long as it has the right electrolytes, which includes sodium in there. Mm -hmm. So I carry three EFS bottles on my bike. And that's kind of a lot. But remember, back to my point of nutrition is everything in long course racing. So then I make sure that I get through that bottle by the hour mark. I know where every aid station is on the course. And then I pick up water so that I, in that hour, I'm drinking a full bottle of my sports drink and I'm having, I'm supplementing with water and I know exact. So then I toss that bottle and as the race goes on, I don't have all these bottles with me, but I know exactly when to pick them up. And I have gone through five to six bottles in two and a half hours. Jeez. Yeah. See, I don't even come close to that ever. So, yeah. Yeah. And I say that not to shock people, but to really, really hit home of how important it is. I can't, it, it's the whole race. Mm-hmm. And EFS and has changes with temperatures. EFS has calories in it, correct? 
It does. I, I mix it so it's about 180 calories. Another thing, too, that's really important to understand about sports drinks and triathlon, that these companies spend billions of dollars to make these sports drinks that are tried and true in our races. So in a perfect world, we do try to stay with the sports drink realm. If sports drink continuously bother you, then you can try different things. But people will try to coconut water and all that. That stuff, you know, that's wonderful for hydration. There's nothing wrong with it. But racing at, you know, six or seven, eight hours on something like that or 15 hours on that is, is aggressive. Mm-hmm. So try to stay with your sports drink. My EFS has about 180 calories per bottle. And then I supplement with the gels or whatever else we all like to eat on but on the bike to make up the total calories per hour. Hmm. And that's specifically written down. So I don't veer from that unless I don't feel good. Right. Yeah. I usually just do like noon. Honestly, I love noon tablets. Um, Talk about that. Um, just the, just, <laughs> just the electrolyte. No, I, I do actually. I mean, um, so well, that and that's that's okay. I mean, I use noon too, and that's and that we. I mean, we're huge advocates of noon, but right, you yeah. have to, noon doesn't have calories, right? right? So if you and we're looking for, I mean, correct me, Jen, isn't it like two to three hundred calories an hour on the bike? You want to yeah, have? Yeah. So and I love noon. I I drink I drink noon or use noon every single day. I'm a huge fan, mm-hmm. but we don't consider that a sports drink, if that makes sense. Jen. It's not. It's not a sports drink. It's electrolyte supplement. It's electrolyte yeah. drink. It's a replacement yeah. drink. Right. So yeah. here, for example, I got up this morning. I was going to a strength and a swim and I put noon in my bottle, but then I had, I had a bar, I had a banana, blah, blah, blah. So on, in a sprint triathlon, yeah, probably fine. But when you get into 70.3 in Ironman, noon is not, is not sufficient. So for your calories. Yeah. For your calorie right. Yeah. Yeah. So what about a 200 calories worth of baby food plus noon? Okay, so let's talk about baby food for a second. Actually, I love baby food. So that's funny that you you ask. And my little secret is I eat baby food all the time. I don't race on it, though. Um, but, hey, listen, if baby food works for you and you can, and it, and it gets down and you can race on it, that's, I don't see any problems with that. It's much more the calories that you need in the hour which is usually 250, 275 to 300 to 325 in long course racing in that range. Um, I take in at least 300 calories an hour in long course training racing. So if you can get in those calories with baby food and that works for you and you feel like a million bucks, then great. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think I'm going to give it a try, honestly. <laughs> we make sure, like, I'm just thinking about, you know, babies don't eat a lot of calories, right? So well, I mean, if it, yeah. if it, pouch and it's got 50 calories you're well, eating six of them an I've, hour. Tried, you know? I've, I've tried a couple and they're like um like banana with um raspberry oatmeal in it and they're they're 90 to 100 yeah. per tube you know so that's that's Perfect. almost like eating a banana you know yeah yeah um, anyway that works that works well and um right. i had one question to go back um at the very beginning um now I can't remember if we've said something, Jackie, that was interesting to me, but you know what? That's okay. We got that. That was a great, those are really good questions. Do you feel like, um, do you feel, how's your training going? Do you have any other questions? Or oh, no, my training's like- going, it's going great. Actually. I've, I've really loved it. Honestly, oh. I've been, I've been surprised because I've done a lot of, of maybe not I me. Mean, this is my fourth 70.3, but I've done a lot of triathlons, but I always just kind of wing it. You know, I just make it up because I know enough to make it up. Like I know enough to hurt myself, but not be, yeah. not be coached kind of. Um, so it's been really good to follow a plan. And I found that a lot of things are maybe shorter than I would do even for a 70.3, but I might've sat on my trainer for two hours thinking I was, um, 
you know, in zone two and I'm really not, I'm more in, you know, low, you know, high zone one maybe. And so these zone two, three jumping back and forth and they have been hard and really, really good. So I'm really curious, actually, I've, I've been pretty regimented about following the training and not veering from it. And I'm curious just to see what happens, you know, like I'm kind of just see what a difference it makes, but it won't make any difference if I'm, you know, calorie deprived and hydrated and it won't make any difference. So. That's true. And Jackie, I don't mean to, to be uh, overly assertive on the nutrition, but I'm super passionate about it because I think it's, well, I don't think, I know it's one of the main, I, I hate to see everybody train so hard, follow the program, do so awesome in their training, and then everyone's falling apart because they're nutritionally not, they're not sound. Yeah. And that, that's the only reason I'm so passionate about it. Yeah. Well, it, make, it makes sense. It's, it's got to be something to do with that because I'm actually I mean, a runner to begin with. So it doesn't yeah. make any sense that my running would then just be I mean, you know, it always feels weird getting off the bike. That's never going to change. And bricks help with helping you know that this weird feeling is normal. But I should be a lot closer to, you know, my running pace than what you feel like. Yeah, than I am. Yeah. Do you know what the, the spread? Here's the spread. So what I tell athletes, once you're perfectly trained, well, there's no perfect. But once you're, you're trained well and your nutrition is very, very solid, you should run two to three minutes off your half marathon, open half marathon times, maybe, maybe five. And remember the, the faster you are, the lower that number is, the right, slower right, you are. Right. Yeah. But yeah. call it a, a definitely under five minutes off your, off your open current open time. Yeah. Yeah. And mine's wow. more like been more like 20, 25, 30 yeah. sometimes yeah. it's terrible. It's just awful. Yeah, you, you Jay, the, yeah. the last thing I want to say, um, you know, we did, uh, I think it was, Two years ago, we did the a whole thing on nutrition with Coach Liz. Did you mm-hmm. that came through the newsletter? Did you see that? I'm hoping. Um, I, well, I, how long ago was it? Two years ago? I'm not. No, I mean, but it comes through the newsletters. The oh, weekly yeah. news. So, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure that you have that. Okay. Um, I'm gonna, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Clearly, is really clearly yeah. a woman in need over here. <laughs> awesome. No, that's okay, really cool. good. Thanks very much. Good luck. Welcome. Good luck. Thanks. Awesome. All right. So um, last question for you, uh, Jen, is actually, so in, um, Jackie's going to be in this position in a couple weeks. Um, it's Teresa. She says, I am now officially two weeks post half Ironman and I'm feeling lost. She said, I have a half motive. I have a half marathon that I plan. She wants to do a monthly half marathon to the end of the year, but she's having a hard time getting motivated to kind of get, put her teeth around that new goal. Um, and she's also missing the feeling of fitness that she gained. So what, what suggestions do you have for somebody who maybe wants to return to running, have some different goals, but maybe is missing the, the variety of workouts and also just that post-race blues? Yeah. And, you know, post-race blues are very common. Uh, and, and especially after you set a big goal and you hit the goal and then you're like, it's kind of like, I always say it's kind of like the wedding day, you know, it's like, Oh my gosh, Oh my gosh. And then you wake up and you're like, uh, th- this is it. Like, right. <laughs> Don't tell my husband said, I mean, we've been married a long time, so all is fine, but you know what I mean? It's kind of like that same Absolutely. feeling. So yeah. you're like, Oh God. Um, you know what? It, and it's hard to answer this question because it sounds so, so cliche, but you have to find, you have to find the fun back again. You, you need time to rest and you need to rest and rest sometimes will include sitting on the couch eating bonbons for a little bit. Then you need to go into some active movement, but try new things, you know, go to the group, 
classes, the group strength classes, go to, you know, do fun things like that. And then see what excites you. Don't feel like if this half marathon every month is not keeping you motivated and, and you're doing it because you want to stay in shape, try something different. Um, I always tell my long course people, people that do half Ironmans and Ironmans, when they're done, as long as they're healthy and not injured and they're motivated, jump in a sprint. Go have fun. Go with your friends. Don't stress about it. You know, so mix it up. Do some five Ks. You know, or go with your go with your best friend, who you know is just new to running, and she's going to run. She she might not be able to finish the five K. You know, train, coach her a little bit. Help her get through that five K. You know, uh, put your focus on on something else that might just kind of keep you motivated. It's hard. It's hard, but that's what I would. It recommend. is hard. Yeah, I mean, it's it, that's like it's it's any big goal, right? It's yeah. any marathon. It's any whatever your your what you've been have had a focus on for the, a very long time, and all of a sudden it comes and goes. And you're like, yeah, it's the post wedding day. It's the day after Christmas. It's that feeling of yes. like, Ugh, what do I do with this? Yeah, totally. Great. Well, Jen, as awesome, you are an awesome, awesome, as always, I should say, you are an awesome resource. So thank you for your time and your expertise with this group. It's like I said, it's just it's a really really fun group. So um, if you're listening to this and you um, have interest, head to the trainlikeamother.club and check out all the triathlon programs from sprint up to Ironman. And then we also have an off-season program to help people um, maintain their fitness during the off-season. So yes, you are welcome. Thanks so much. Take care. Have a great day. Okay. Bye, everybody. Bye.